One of the most difficult times uh, of faith is when something bad, horrible, tragic happens. Every time in our country and in our world when there's a major tragedy, a major disaster, whether it's of human causes or of natural causes, we hear the question asked, cried out from the masses, where was God? Where was God when this was happening? Where was God that this happened? We try to explain. We try to find God. We look for God in those, in those times and in those places, and we, we find these little moments of grace and beauty in there, the, the helpers, as, as uh, Mr. Rogers would often talk about, um, times and moments of beauty in the midst of those tragedy. But when it comes to the whole thing, when it comes to the overarching moment, we are so full of grief and we are so full of pain that we can't help but echo the words of Lazarus's sisters as they cry out to Jesus, my Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Where were you? Why weren't you here? not just in the big things that are happening in our world either, it's in our own lives. We have times, we have situations, we have circumstances where we can't help but cry out to God, why? Lord, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Where are you? I remember the first time that I experienced this in my own life. I was 22. I was serving as a young adult volunteer in Sitka, Alaska, one of the most formative years of my life. And while I had experienced the death of loved ones, it was always grandparents who had been very, very sick. Something that we knew was a gift and a blessing in the end. But not this. I was thousands and thousands of miles away from my family, from my friends, from everyone who I had a support system. And I received a phone call on a Monday afternoon. I'm sorry, it was a Tuesday afternoon that a very dear friend of mine had gone to the hospital and been diagnosed with leukemia. He was a strong man. Healthy, very healthy, worked out almost every day. Very strong, very healthy, and none of us expected that by Friday he would be gone. He had hemorrhage, and they couldn't stop the bleeding in his brain. They disconnected him from the machines on Monday, and I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. On top of being devastated, the loss of my friends so quickly and so unexpectedly, here I am in Alaska, thousands of miles away from my friends and from my family and from my support systems and very clearly broke. I was not going to get on a plane last minute. And even if I had been able to, this was the kicker for me, even if I had been able to, the flight that I would have taken from Sitka to Wisconsin would have taken me through Seattle. And the only flight that I would have been able to take in that time period to get me to the funeral on time would have been stuck at the airport in Seattle because an earthquake struck at the same time that that flight was due in and all planes were grounded for the next couple of days. 
I felt like God was just punishing me. Because even if I had gathered the money together, I would not have been able to get there. I was furious. I was angry. I was devastated. I was heartbroken. And I found myself literally going out into the woods and shouting at God, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this? God, where are you in the midst of all of this? Where are you? Now, of course, this was not, last, not the last time I've experienced this deep pain and this deep anger and this deep, deep grief where I just can't understand why. I don't think I'm alone in that. We've all had these moments, whether in the face of some large-scale catastrophe, war, the devastation that we see around us in earthquakes and in terrorist attacks and in acts of just utter destruction. We all have these moments in our own lives. Illness, devastating illness, loss, death, whatever it is that we experience, we all have moments when we've been angry. Angry at the world, at God, at everything around us. We've been angry, we've felt alone, and we have felt abandoned. Or as the psalmist has said, forsaken. Now, of course, there are messages out there that we can't feel this way. That it's not okay to feel this way. Now, of course, there's always the question, and it it tends to revolve around so many of these different situations where we've done something to have brought this stuff on ourselves, right? Look, it's not that God has left you. It's not that God has done this. It's that you did this that caused this, and so this is the natural consequence. Which in, in some cases, you know, we, we do do things that cause other things. There is sometimes cause and effect, but that doesn't mean that the, that the anger is not real. It doesn't mean that the grief's not real. But people will use that. They'll throw that at us. So we can't really be mad because you can't really be mad at this because you brought this on yourself, right? You shouldn't have been doing what you were doing, and this is your fault. So buck up, right? The other thing that gets thrown at us oftentimes is that we can't really question God. We can't question God. God is God. And and to do so, to question God, to ask God, where are you or why is this happening, indicates a lack of faith. This gets gets told to us in very subtle ways, in, in ways that are meant to be comforting oftentimes but oftentimes just slap us across the face in the, in the face of absolute loss and utter destruction in our own lives. We hear, you know, everything happens for a reason. And God has a plan. And that's even harder, I think, because you still have that anger and you still have that frustration and you still have those questions, but you wonder, can I ask them? Is it okay? And this is where I come to Job. I love Job. I love the book of Job. It is a beautiful, beautiful book for all of its depressing content. It is a beautiful, beautiful book. We read the very first part of the very first chapter last week, and here we are at the end of the book this week. And between 
what we read last week and what we've read this week, things have only gotten worse for Job. His family has died. His crops have died. Everything has been destroyed around him. He's covered in these swords. He's scraping them off with the, the, the pieces of pottery. And what's even worse is he has to have friend after friend come and pry into his life. And you're like, okay, so we know that you did something to deserve this. Can you just tell us what you did? We're not judging you. But we just know that, that somehow you've done something to bring this on yourself. And he has friend after friend and person after person come and have these conversations with him about this. He has friend after friend that, that encourages him to do what his wife told him to do in the very first chapter. Curse God and just die. Just get it over with because there is no coming back from this. And yet in the midst of all this, he refuses to deny God. He still remains that blameless man of faith whose faith is so strong. He trusts in God and he trusts in his Lord and he knows that his God is with him and yet he still suffers greatly. And so finally, after a long time, after any of us would have asked this question, he finally asked the question, where is God in my suffering? He says, I can't, I go searching for you, God, and I can't, find you where are you remember this is a man of such deep faith this is why it's happening to him it's a, it's a test to see if people are faithful because they have good things or if they're faithful because they love God in spite of what happens to them and he finally says I, I'm, I'm trying God I just, I just want to know where you are he keeps looking for God but God just isn't there he can't find God because he just doesn't know where to look. He declares that if he could just find God, he would ask what we all want to know, what we all ask, want to ask God from time to time. Why is this happening? Not just where are you in the midst of my suffering, but why am I suffering? What is all of this for? Look, I believe, I really do believe that everything does happen for a reason. And that God has a plan. To me, those just aren't those aren't just platitudes, but they are truth. That everything happens for a reason and that God has a plan. But sometimes I just want to know what that plan is. God, if you could just clue me in. If you could just give me an idea of what it is that you're trying to do here in the grand scheme of things, and maybe I can understand why I have to go through what I have to go through. Job is asking these questions. An upright, blameless man of faith, he is questioning God's will. He is questioning God's way. He is questioning God's plan. And he is crying out literally in anger and in pain and in suffering and in anguish for God to answer him. And this is echoed in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my groaning? These horrible things are happening to me and I look for you and I cannot find you. Where are you? Why is this happening to me? The psalmist is crying out as Job did, as the sisters of Lazarus did, wanting an answer. And sisters and brothers, the good news is this. 
through these passages. Job, the Psalms, Lazarus's sisters, and so many others. We are told time and time again that it's okay. It's okay. It is okay to bring these questions to God. It is okay to bring these doubts to God. It is okay to bring these anger-filled shouts at the sky in the middle of the forest or our homes to God. And it is okay to ask God why. And it is okay to ask God to show us where he is in all of this. It is okay. And not only is it okay, but I believe that it's a very faithful and faith-filled thing to do. It's a powerful moment of us reaching out to God in the midst of everything that we're going through, seeking God in those moments when joy and peace and beauty and grace are so hard to find. It's what we do here in worship in so many different ways. I often talk about how in worship, our worship services aren't perfect because we bring our imperfect selves to God in the midst of our worship services. We also bring our praises to God, our thanksgivings to God for who he is and what he has done in the world, but we also bring our crying out for help. We bring our groaning and we bring our doubt and we bring our pain to this place and we worship God and we seek God out of all of those things. We reach out. We try to understand God's will and God's way for us in our world and in our lives. And so crying out in anger, crying out in pain, crying out in suffering and asking God why and where are you and help me to understand because I just don't get it is beautiful and is faithful and it is good. Look, it's not always going to be clean and easy to understand God's will and God's way and all that we experience in our lives and in the world. It's, it's, it's not going to be always clean and easy to understand because it's going to be in the midst of these very real human experiences that we have, all the horror and all the pain that we experience. But in reaching out and crying out to God in the midst of these things, we, we, we do what Jacob did at that river. We wrestle with God. And God wrestles back and engages us. And we engage with God. And like Jacob at the river, we can't walk away unchanged. Because the experience of seeking God in the midst of everything changes us and how we understand the world. And once again, sisters and brothers, I believe that's a beautiful thing. I do not have an answer for why we go through what we go through. I still don't have an answer for why what happened to my friend Jerry happened, and I don't have an answer for why my sister died. I don't have an answer for so many things and so many places in my own life where I still carry pain and hurt. But I do know this. 
The psalmist cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And God never responds. It's a, it's a psalm. It's a, a crying out from one person to God. And so while we don't know what God's answer to the psalmist is, or even, even if God did answer in a way that he could understand, we know that this is the 22nd psalm. And the 23rd psalm is this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me into paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the midst of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The psalmist has wrestled with enemies, with pain, with suffering, with death, with so many different things and yet... From the 23rd Psalm, we know that he has found peace and comfort in God. Knows that God is with him in everything, even in the deepest, darkest valleys. The the valley that we call the valley of the shadow of death. In his wrestling with God, he has come to know God as shepherd and comforter. And has come to know peace. And know that he shall dwell in the house of the Lord his whole life long. May we all experience that. May may we bring our doubts and our fears and our worries and our angers and our pains and may we bring them to God and wrestle with God and cry out to God and come to experience a knowledge of God's presence and peace in the midst of all of that. May we come to experience that knowledge of peace. May our wrestling with God ever change us to know God's presence May our crying out to God relieve us of our grief and our pain and our suffering and come to allow us to know and experience God's peace and mercy in all things. If you are in pain, if you are hurting, if you are wondering where God is in the midst of all of this, it's okay. Know that you are not alone, for God is there listening to your cries. God is hearing your pain, and God is reaching out to walk with you in all the valleys and all the places to show us his grace and his comfort and his peace. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, this morning we bring our lives to you. We bring you today not just our joys and our praises and our thanksgivings, but we also bring to you those deep, dark places in our lives where we hurt so hard and so much. Be with us in those moments. Hear our cries. Help us to know that you are there hearing us. Help us to know that you are there to comfort us and help us to hopefully see your plan and your purpose. And if it is not something that we can see or understand at this time, grant us peace.
Meet us in our wrestling, O Lord. Wrestle with us and help us. Help us as we wrestle with you. Comfort us in all things. Give us peace and love in all things. Help us to know your comfort and your love and your mercy. We pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen.